welcome to this edition of Eating Fresh on Bainbridge with our guest Joe Pulicicchio, Director of Promotions and Produce and Floral for Town and Country Markets. This is brought to you by BARN, Bainbridge Artisan Resource Network. I'm your host, Bob Ross. Joe, we're well into spring and the end of May is approaching quickly here on Bainbridge Island and other places close by. A few things are changing in the produce aisles. What's good and what should we be trying? Oh man, it's moving fast, Bob. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's surprising to me that we're already looking at uh, early June promotions and how things are coming off for the summer fruit season and yeah. all of that. And you know, we were really, really excited about uh, getting uh, the midnight seedless watermelon in. Uh, actually, it was expected to arrive the weekend, this weekend, which is the, we're recording this the weekend before Memorial Day. Yeah. Uh, we got a call yesterday from the grower and he said, I need a few more days. I need, it's just not quite ready. Uh-huh. So now the estimated date, the arrival of this uh, seedless watermelon is uh, right at the Memorial Day weekend. Maybe that's, could be as early as the Saturday, uh, might be Sunday or Monday. Um, but this, you know, we have good seedless watermelon now, but this one in particular is, is spectacular. It's a really dark green skinned seedless watermelon. It, uh, almost black in color on the outside. Oh, wow. Uh, it's a nice size. It's really a deep red color inside and the flavor is outstanding. And, you know, in some of those melons, you get that little bit of softness or graininess in the middle. This one is yeah. just diamonds as far as crispy and fresh and really looking forward for that. So we're looking to that to come in right at, right at Memorial Day. That's a perfect thing for Memorial Day weekend, yeah. along with some other things we'll, we'll talk about. But uh, what size is this melon? Is it a smaller one, larger well, one? Or? Well, we call it a 45-50 count in a bin. But <laughs> okay. So it's going to be around a 12-pound melon. Uh, you don't want too small of a water, seedless watermelon. Mm. Um, you know, there's a difference between a mini seedless, which is a whole different variety, uh-huh. and a, a regular-sized seedless watermelon, which can grow in sizes from you know, a large size to a, a medium size, you, there's a sweet spot. So the sweet spot is in that 45 to 50 count. We can also get a 60 count. And as, you, as I've said before, the higher the number, the smaller the product. Uh, yeah. So okay. I believe that melon, watermelons eat best when they're in a little bit on the larger size. Okay. Okay. And the mini seedless even, you know, you can get a, we can get a nine count, an eight count. We can get a 11 count. We try to get the six count. When we, even when we buy the mini one, we want that one to lean a little bit to the larger size of those because I think they eat better. So um, just kind of uh, uh, pulling the string on that idea a little bit. When you're talking to the producers, you're also talking about what the counts are. Oh, absolutely. Well, they pack by industry counts. That's how they have to kind of, it's like the same thing we talked about last time in the avocado. Yeah. The box is the same size. Right. So the number of pieces of fruit in it is kind of what you're, you're getting your fruit. Same with a melon. So the bin is the same size bin. And if there's 60 melons in it, that's a smaller melon than a 45 melon because the bin is the same size and the weight is the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they can start looking for these next week. Yeah, he, he did say he's going to probably harvest on Tuesday. 
Ah. Uh, are Monday and Tuesday, and maybe load on Tuesday. But anytime you're working with the grower in the field, you always want to add a cushion in there. Yeah. And then it's a couple days, you know, with new trucking rules and all that to get up here. And um, so I'm crossing my fingers. We get them by Saturday of Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Don't hold me to it. It may be Sunday or Monday. Okay. okay. All right. What else you got on the agenda? Well, the one I'm most excited about is we could actually have locally grown strawberries in our markets by Memorial Day. Wow. Uh, and maybe even a day or two sooner. The weather we have had has been exceptional this year. I, I can't recall a day, a year where we've hit 90s in May. Uh, we've had, you know, a week, 10 days now of beautiful berry growing weather. So our grower up in Mount Vernon is very optimistic that we could see some local strawberries trickle in start to trickle in and then once they get going you know we'll have a really good period in june they'll rest in july and then they wow. will come back in august he grows an albion variety which is an excellent eating variety it is one that he has to be patient yeah let it hang on the vine to be full red and then it eats really well um so i'm looking forward to a really good local berry season and if any of you remember last year with all that wet weather yeah. Uh, last year, we didn't hit 70 degrees, I think, until the end of June. Um, so we really struggled on the local berry season last year. Okay, really so tough. we got watermelon coming down. We got strawberries lining up. Yep. It's looking really good. Uh, we, have, uh, we have the California fruit season starting, so we are already into some California cherries. Uh, they are actually pretty good. Um, actually better than I was expecting. Of course, all California cherries are a little lighter red than the ones we buy in the Northwest. I don't know why that is. Really? I think it's got to do with heat because it, it gets pretty hot in California quickly. And mm. in the Northwest, you have cooler nights, and I think cooler nights help with color. Um, but we do have some cherries in the market right now that act, they eat really, really well. I mean, if you look at them, they're going to be a little light in color, and you might want to go, oh, well, maybe, I don't know. But you know, we'd be more than happy to let you try one. They eat very well. And, and we, we have procured as much as we can for a promotion for the Memorial Day weekend. So that mm. last year we couldn't even do one, a promotion on cherries for Memorial Day. So that's going to be a good one. And, and we are buying the biggest fruit we can get. We are buying nine and nine and a half row cherries. And the measurement of count and row on cherries, it's complicated because it's certain millimeters and all this different things. But here again... The smaller the number, the bigger the fruit. Okay. And the nine, nine and a half row lean into the biggest sizes that are available. You know, you might see a few eight and a half rows mixed in there, but they don't really grade out at that. They, they, so you can buy anywhere as a buyer. I could buy 12 row cherries, which personally, I think they look about half the size of a nine row cherry. But you can buy and they measure by half row. So you can buy a 12 row, you can buy an 11 and a half row, you can buy an 11 row, you can buy a 10 and a half row, you can buy a 10 row, you can buy a nine, all the way up. And, and what we're trying to do, because cherries is such a short season, and you know what? Cherries are not going to, they're not cheap. We're, we try to keep it in the game. In fact, yeah. for the most part, we sell our cherries pretty close to what we pay for them, mm. believe it or not. Um, but it is such a short season that you really want to enjoy it. Yeah, so, sure. So we have a stopover in California. I'm pleased that they're getting going. They are slow to get going, but they are. And it looks like the Washington crop at this point might be right on time. So somewhere around the 15th of June, we'll start into the Washington uh, the, varieties. Okay, and, and what are those varieties again here in Washington? Oh, there's a, 
There's a boatload of varieties, <laughs> yeah, but there's okay. a couple that I'm, I'm, we start out with a Chelan. Uh, oh, that's the, right. Yeah, and there is a Brooks that's out there. And then uh, what we really get excited about is right around the 4th of July weekend, our Gunkel Private Reserve Cherry, which is a cherry we help name. Mm. Uh, Dan Gunkel, the, uh, the owner of Gunkel Orchards, uh, and his daughter, who is now stepping up and taking a bigger role, which mm. is awesome. Cool. Um, uh, he had this cherry, and he had a name for it, and I didn't like the name he had for it, so I said, why don't we just call it this, because it is a beautiful cherry. So we'll talk more about that next month. Okay, good. Okay. All right, that's a, a, a June discussion point. Correct. Yeah, okay. So but there are cherries in the market, and there'll be good cherries, and, and we, we do have a little promotion going for Memorial Day weekend, and I think they'll be beautiful. I'm just, I have faith we're going to have beautiful fruit. Fabulous. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I think last but least, well, maybe not last, maybe next to last. Okay. Uh, California stone fruit. You know, we start in California stone mm. fruit being peaches, nectarines, you know, apricots, yeah. plums, all of that. It's all tree fruit. I'm thinking tarts. I'm thinking tarts. When yeah. You're talking about stone fruit. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, you know, there's a little bit of bad news in the front side of it that the cool temperatures in March and April were, have kind of set that crop back about two to three weeks. So it's going to start about two to three weeks late. We run through varieties about every 10 days. So, you know, okay. every 10 days we're switching a variety. So the same peach you saw 10 days ago may not be the same peach the next 10 days. Uh, and variety is everything in peaches, nectarines, and plums, plum cots, all of that. And the good news to this is that those cooler temperatures have given the trees in the orchard this past winter an abundance of chill hours. Chill hours are defined as hours where the orchard it falls in to temperatures between 32 degrees and 45 degrees. Mm. And chill hours are what the orchards need in the winter. Actually, the trees need it. The trees in the orchard need it. Those okay. are the hours that the tree is actually in full rest. It is ah. resting and preparing for the coming season. If okay. there's not enough of those hours, the tree doesn't get enough good rest and doesn't have as much energy to devote towards the fruit. So it's kind of like if you went for weeks and weeks and weeks where you only got three hours of sleep a night, you're not going to play your best baseball game. <laughs> yeah you know, with only three hours of sleep a night. This, sure. So the good news is the orchard's got plenty of chill hours. So all estimates for the California summer fruit and even the, uh, the Washington uh, summer fruit as it starts in July is that we got plenty of rest with chill, plenty of chill hours and they really have confidence they're going to have really great quality this year, right through the whole season. Wow, it's really great to understand this. I mean, when you first said chill hours, I was thinking, okay, this is with the fruit on the tree chilling, but it's not that at all. No, it's, it, it's the tree getting its rest during the non-productive time of its life. That is correct. Yeah, cool. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. Yeah, amazing. You know, uh, another thing about California grapes, we know that the, now we know now that the early crop, the early varieties of California grapes are late. And they're not going to be very abundant. And mm -hmm. the reason is because during their bloom in March, uh, they didn't get enough. Uh, the, the, the weather was too cool for them. So the, everything they didn't get a good set. They're going to struggle in the early varieties, which is okay by me. Because the early variety grapes, I just don't think are all that, you know, 
it's what you got to live with, and you do the best to find the best varieties. But yeah. they're they're not the varieties. The great news is that all everything fell perfectly for the later varieties in weather mm. because their bloom, their everything that goes into making their deal happened just right this year. So they're they're predicting early variety, early season grapes to be tight and tough and and short and late. And they're expecting the later varieties, which come right around the middle of July and on through the rest of the year, to be on time, abundant, great quality, and with plenty of uh, promotional opportunities uh-huh. because oh. there's going to be an abundance yeah. this year. So it's kind of like everything in produce. If there's a little bit of bad news, sometimes there's always some good news on the other side of that. And if there's a lot of good news up front, sometimes there's some bad later on. <laughs> okay. So. Well... Let's round it out here with uh, another thing. Oh, the, yeah. Last but not least is sweet <laughs> okay. corn. Okay. Uh, so the, the challenge with sweet corn is it does have to come out of California at this time of year. There's just no other option, really. You don't want to be in Mexico. I mean, although some stay there because it's too hot. But normally the, the corn that we get in May is grown in the Coachella Valley. And the problem is it usually starts early May and it kind of starts to gap as you get towards Memorial Day. And that's because it just flat gets too hot and it's tired. So they try not to plant to go too far. And you struggle at Memorial Day because generally the corn we buy out of the Brentwood region doesn't start until just after Memorial Day. Ah. But this year, corn out of Coachella, cool temp- they have had cooler temperatures and the corn has been just beautiful that we're getting right now and we feel we're going to have good corn right through the first of june out of the coachella valley and then we should be able to make a nice smooth transition into the brentwood area mm-hmm. so sweet corn sweet corn on memorial day weekend yeah you can't i mean it wouldn't be memorial day without <laughs> yeah. corn we got watermelons strawberries sweet corn cherries cherries lining lining right up all the stuff and i you know it struck me as you were explaining things joe that uh, it goes back to something that uh, you talked about when we first started doing these these uh, podcasts and that is relationships with growers and how key that is to understand all the stuff and, and especially the sequence, you know, and the weather conditions and how it relates to product getting to the stores. Yeah, it, it's, it's all about staying in touch and, and really paying attention because, yeah. you know, uh, weather, I mean, we, we tend to forget what happened three or four months ago. Yeah. And, you know, and then you're in the midst of the, the effect of what happened three or four months ago, and that's hard to understand. The other key is... Most growers, in fact, all the growers, you know, there's a, you know, there's getting less and less of those growers that are the gunkel orchard size and all of that. But these growers, they love what they do. They do it because they love it. And they just want to grow good food and they want to grow healthy food. And they don't want to put anything on the market that's not a good eating experience. The key, though, is, is the better you know them and the better they know you, hopefully that gets you the little edge of getting their best stuff. And that's what we try to do is we're going to go visit Dan Gunkel at Gunkel Orchards on the 22nd of June, right ahead of his Robata apricot and his Gunkel private reserve cherry that will be coming off just in time for 4th of July weekend. We're going to go visit him intentionally, even though we know what we're going to get. We bought it for several years, but it's worth the time it takes to spend a day, drive over, shake his hand, thank him. 
yeah. see where he's at. Let him tell where, where he's at and the work sure. that's gone into it. Yeah. And, and just reinforce those relationships. Yeah. Well, thanks for providing that perspective. It's so important to understand all that as we casually walk into the grocery store and observe and pick up any fresh produce, always of good quality that we want. And uh, there's a lot of background story with every piece. We do our best. We're not perfect. Stuff happens. That's what makes the produce industry so much fun, is it's not in a can. Absolutely. Well, Joe, thank you for joining us again on this edition of Eating Fresh on Bainbridge. Thank you very much. And thank you for joining us for this edition. Brought to you by BARN, Bainbridge Artisan Resource Network.